Welcome in to Home Field Advantage. My name is Global Highland. I am your host. I hope you're having a great weekend wherever you are, however you may be listening across our great nation or our great land. It's been a great weekend so far, busy weekend, nearing the end of summer here. Things are starting to heat up um, in terms of everyone's schedule. It's starting to get busy again. Less people on vacation, more people going, you know, back to the office after some vacation time. So it's, you know, certainly busy. I myself have been pretty busy at work, uh, pretty busy here on the on the show, getting ready for the NFL season, which for those of you who have followed my podcast in the past, you know that it's definitely a busy part of the sports calendar for me personally. So there's a lot going on, obviously dealing with the end of the baseball season, the pennant races starting to really get interesting. Uh, We'll be talking about that a lot through the month of September. Uh, Simultaneously, we'll be obviously talking about the beginning of the NFL season. So there's a lot on the docket as we head toward the fall, Uh, football, baseball, NBA, NHL, college sports, soccer, Olympics, I guess not the Olympics anymore, you know, but you you get the drill. There's a lot going on in the sports calendar as in as we head toward the fall and, and really it's the one time of year, October, September in particular, where almost all four of uh, the major sports here in North America are, are either in their season or getting right ready for their season, uh, especially into October. So it's exciting. And uh, there's, there's definitely a lot of good stuff going on. We're going to spend most of the show, though, talking about the uh, fantasy football. I know that if you listen to last week's show, I canceled people who religiously talk about their fantasy football teams. Uh, that being said, we will devote a good portion of the show to that. Uh, we'll also I'll get, I'll revisit the three headline seg- segment that we talked about earlier on in the summer. I'll revisit that, reintroduce that segment, and then we'll obviously close with our uh, favorite segment, uh, the cancellation. Um, but but first, I think I want to just re, re-announce what, what we have going on here at the program and here at Sportland USA. Uh, starting Wednesday, actually, I'm recording here on a Saturday night. Uh, starting Wednesday, September 1st, we'll have a tri-weekly, so three times a week, uh, radio uh, sorry, not radio, Instagram. I wish it was radio. Maybe someday. We'll have a tri-weekly Instagram live show called The Morning Advantage. And I'd love for you guys all to listen. The easiest way to listen to that show um, in the morning is by following us on Instagram, at homefieldpod. Uh, that will be the easiest way to listen to our new show. It will be tons of fun, especially as we head to the part of the calendar that I mentioned earlier where everything's going on at once. Uh, We'll be focusing on the biggest stories on a daily basis. Probably will be a lot of football throughout the fall. Um, but on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 a.m. Eastern, we'll be live on Instagram and then obviously available for playback too. Uh, 
So there's a lot of good stuff going on in the program and here at Sportland, and I'm very happy for all the listenership and all the support that we've been getting throughout the summer that has allowed us to grow uh, in this regard. But I want to start off the program with our three headlines. Um, the first headline comes from the Sporting News. Uh, it's that Henrik Lundqvist calls it a career. The story goaltender for the New York Rangers has called it a career after 15 seasons in the NHL. He's one of the most successful goaltenders of all time. He never won a Stanley Cup, but he's up there with all the greats. If you think about uh, Dominic Hasek, Marty Brodeur, uh, etc. He is, in my opinion, up there. Maybe not as Maybe not as successful as those two, um, but certainly demands the respect uh, of some of the elite goaltenders of the 20th and 21st century, for sure. Um, And just an all-around great guy, Olympic gold medalist, I believe, uh, at one point in his career. So um, someone could check me on that. Uh, But he's just, he is a, he was a... um, stalwart between the pipes for the Rangers for all those years and certainly one of hockey's most likable figures. Um, so I'm wishing uh, the King uh, from Madison Square Garden a great retirement uh, and happy that I had the chance to watch him uh, throughout the years. Second headline is that Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving Juventus and he's going to Manchester United. He's heading back to the Premier League that's big in soccer, um, big big deal. He's probably the best player in the world still, um, although Kylian Mbappe might have a uh, might have something to say about that. Um, but I think I think Cristiano Ronaldo is definitely one of the best players of the last uh, you know ten fifteen years. There's absolutely no debating that, uh, and he's finding his way back to Manchester United. Despite rumors that Manchester City was interested in him, they struck out on getting Cristiano Ronaldo back to Northern England. And then actually, Manchester City also struck out on Harry Kane, who's he's our third uh, headline. He'll stay at Tottenham Hotspur. And great news for me because I support that club, but big news for, uh, you know, people in North London who also support the club. And it's really, it's huge because I think it sets up an interesting storyline next summer that people who follow global soccer will talk about is that he'll have, he'll have a decision to make because the World Cup will be next year. Does he want to stay uh, at N17? Does he want to go try and go to Manchester City again? So he'll have a big decision to make. Uh, we'll be interesting to see what the details are of his, if he has a release clause in his contract or whatnot, but he is staying in North London and will play for Spurs this season. All right, so those are our three headlines. Didn't want to spend a ton of time talking about those, but felt that they were important to at least acknowledge um, because all three of those athletes are at the top of, were, are or were at the top of their sports. Uh, so it's definitely relevant uh, to today's sports conversation. But I think for most of my listeners, another relevant topic is fantasy football. And look, I invite you if you have no interest in fantasy football, thank you for listening to the first like seven or eight minutes. Uh, Definitely thank you. 
Um, because as I said last week, if one thing I annoy, I get annoyed at is when people have a fantasy football conversation around people who don't follow fantasy football. So I appreciate your listenership, but if you're not interested in fantasy football, I will not hold it against you if you don't listen past this segment. Um, but for those of you who are interested, I think this is a fun topic, right? Like this is really the time of year when people start to get serious. I have always, and I will say this as someone who won my league, two, two of my league championships last year. Uh, in both leagues I was in, I was league champion. Uh, and I'm currently winning my baseball league champion championship. And I am, I, all those seasons not over, but I'm in first place. And we do a cumulative points structure there. And I came in second in my uh, fantasy hockey league, mainly because I just didn't religiously check my lineup every day. And it was actually my fault. I probably could have won the league considering I had the Hart Trophy winner, the Vesna Trophy winner, and the um, the Norris Trophy winner all on my team. But I digress. I think my strategy has always been that I don't like to have the fantasy draft until at least, sorry, at most 48 hours before the first game. The reason being is there's still one more preseason game for several teams, all right? We saw Julian Edelman get hurt in a preseason game several years ago uh, and was out for the season. We've already seen players like Cam Akers from the Los Angeles Rams uh, be out for the season, not necessarily due to a preseason game in his case, but it's just, it's risky to have a fantasy football draft in in early to mid-August when the season doesn't start until essentially mid-September at this point. Like, it used to be early, early in September, but we're, we're now at the point where it's really the second week of September where, uh, where the NFL season starts for most teams. So there's not... There's no reason to have your fantasy draft too early. Some people argue with me about this, and I'm like, why Why would you want to take that risk? I remember several years ago, Jordy Nelson got hurt, and a, a ton of people had drafted him. So what's the point, right? So just you might as well wait until as late as possible in, before, the, um, before the NFL season begins. That way you don't draft somebody who gets hurt in training camp. It's one thing if they get hurt in a regular season game. It's like, okay, that's bad luck. There's 16, 17 regular season games. So it's a risk you take, right? It's sports. I We talked about this last week. You can't obsess over injury in sports. But I think when it comes to fantasy sports, just be as conservative as possible. You know, just have your draft as late as possible. I'm not saying like the day of you know, the Thursday night game. I think that's risky. Like, I think my draft, I usually go by the Labor Day or the day after Labor Day. Like, because it's usually the Thursday after Labor Day that we start the season. So, in this case, I think my draft will be Tuesday night, the Tuesday night before before the opening, opening kickoff. And I, I just think that's a conservative way of approaching it so that no one gets hurt. But how we're going to do this ranking structure for the preview is I picked the top 32. And the reason why I picked the top 32 is because everyone's giving you a top 50, top 25, yada, yada, yada. But most people, they usually have eight, they usually have eight players in their, uh, in their uh, league, right? And so 
this gives you roughly four rounds of picks. Um, and so I think that's a pretty good sample size of who, who is going to be drafted where or who is ranked where. The, I didn't really put a ton of rhyme or reason into it. Like I read, you know, I read from the Sporting News, who I mentioned earlier um, when I did our headline segment. I read, um, you know, a magazine. I, can't, I cannot remember the name of the publisher of the magazine. It's not right next to me. But I read one of those fantasy football magazines that I got for my birthday. So I, I did put a little bit of time in this, but I'm not one of those people that obs- obsesses over the PPR or the you know FFP or whatever the hell it's called. I, it's just not worth the time to obsess over the pre-draft. Because here's what happens. A lot of times you don't know where you're drafting until the day of. It's okay to have a strategy, right? Like, are you going to go running back heavy? Are you going to go wide receiver heavy? Are you going to try and load up on tight ends? When are you going to take your quarterback? When are you going to take your defense? When are you going to take your kicker? Right? Like all of those questions factor into your draft. But I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, you've got roughly, like I said, 32 spots in the first four rounds. That will give you a good sample size. And, And my rankings are based off of gut instinct, about 35% gut instinct, and about... 65% of what I've seen already in their careers and what I expect them to do, right? So perhaps you could just split it down the middle or split it in thirds. It's a third gut instinct, a third of what they did last year, and a third of what their career trend is, right? So we'll just start off at number 32, and I'll go quickly. I'm not going to spend a million years talking about each one of these players because we all have places to go and things to do, and I know you love listening to me, but perhaps you might not want to listen to me for three hours talking about fantasy football, or else you might cancel me, like I canceled everyone else last week. Uh, but we'll start off at 32, and at 32, I had uh, Joe Mixon from the uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a running back. I had him at 32. Uh, Cincinnati, they're going to re- they're gonna rely a lot on their running game. Joe Burrow's a young quarterback. They got a couple young receivers. Um, the one big question mark, though, about this is their offensive line is not very good. So I don't, that's why I didn't rank him as high as others because look like the the Bengals do not have a great offensive line and that usually doesn't bode well for a good running running game. So I would not put Mixon in the same category as someone like, you know, Jonathan Taylor or uh, Antonio Gibson and and they're ranked a little higher than him. Definitely wouldn't, wouldn't put him in the same category as like a J.K. Dobbins either, who's only ranked a couple spots ahead of him on my list. So I, I do think there's a pretty big gap between Mixon and the rest of the running backs. All right, at 31, I had Lamar Jackson, quarterback from the Ravens. Obviously, he's a dual-threat quarterback. Um, got talented players around him. Uh, the, he is the focal point of the offense. One big question mark around Jackson is he is very hot and cold in the passing game. And I think a lot of teams can eliminate the threats of the Ravens offense. And and I don't know what their schedule looks like, but they might be facing some good secondaries. And so I wouldn't suggest starting him against a strong defense. Uh, at 30, I had J.K. Dobbins from the Ravens again, uh, like Mixon. He's not in that upper tier, but he's still better than Mixon, in my opinion. He was a huge sleeper last year. I had him in both my leagues. Uh, He really paid off for me down the stretch. And the Ravens, they rely on the running game. So 
it's a safe bet if you want good cheap points uh, to pick Dobbins. I don't think people will spend high picks on him in the first you know one to two rounds, so you should be able to snatch him up uh, if some of the other running backs are gone. Um, and I think another important thing to know about running backs is the rankings, including my list, they're very running back heavy. And so running backs will be available for depth, but you really, and we'll talk about this when we get to the top of the list, but you really need to find a bona fide running back. Like J.K. Dobbins is a great running back. He's probably good for some, you know, cheap points here or there. Um, you know, not going to cost you a lot uh, in the draft. But I certainly, you know, wouldn't rely on him being a one or two, I don't think. He's a great flex option. He's a great bench option. But if, if depending on how big your league is, is another big factor. Uh, I would not necessarily grab Dobbins in the first or second round unless I had to. Same can be said for uh, Austin Eckler, who's number 29 on my list. Uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's a great uh, option Similar to J.K. Dobbins when it comes to like a good flex player, he's um he's really good in the uh, he's really good in the red zone. Uh, he's got talented players. Uh, he's got talented players around him. Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. It's gonna allow for maybe some pass catching opportunities for him. Uh, so I like uh, Austin Eckler at twenty nine. At twenty eight, I like Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's a great tight end. Um, he's going to be relied upon a lot in that offense. Um, you know, I think, I think that offense has a, has some great playmakers around, uh, around him, um, as well, but I think he, he will get a lot of targets from, uh, Carr, from Derek Carr, so I would, I would put Waller at 28. 27, I got CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he'll challenge Cooper for targets, so that is a question mark around, uh, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, but what I like about C.D. Lamb is, you know, Dak, Dak and Lamb, they didn't even get the opportunity really to fire on all cylinders last year because of the injury. Um, and, and I know Dak has had some scares so far this during the preseason and training camp. But I think if Lamb and Prescott can get an, can get an opportunity to, um, you know, just spend some time on the field together, they could be a really, um, really potent threat. Uh, 26, I had Kyler Murray, quarterback of the uh, Cardinals. What I like about Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray, he's dual threat, but he's not reliant on the running game yet. I, I, I don't trust his big game ability, but fantasy football doesn't care about that. It cares about numbers, right? And he's, he's going to be a guy who's going to chuck the ball over the yard. He's going to run for first downs. He's going to get you good, quick, clean points. I took him in both my leagues last year, and it was a fantastic choice um, because he really uh, he helped me win. He helped me win my leagues uh, last year easily, um, you know, because not a lot of he was one of those quarterbacks who excelled in year two, and not a lot of people in my league uh, tried to get him. Um, so I like I like uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, I like Raji Harris from the Steelers at twenty five. Uh, sorry, Najee Harris from the Steelers at uh, twenty five. He's phenomenal. He was phenomenal in college. I like what he's got. And and I think he's a big sleeper. Um, so that's why I stuck him in there at 25. Um, he's, he's explosive. Pittsburgh will rely on the running game uh, to open up the passing game because they've got elite pass catchers, right? 
Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. So they got talent all across the field, um, but I think they can really open up. They can really open up some possibilities um, with uh, with uh, Najee Harris. Uh, Twenty four. I have uh, I have Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. I don't know a lot about Taylor, but people tell me that he's good, and I think the Colts are going to rely on the running game a little bit. Um, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how many years he's been in the league. I don't know if he's a rookie. I really don't know a ton about him. But he's ranked pretty high. He's ranked 11th on the Sporting News list. Um, so I am at 24th simply because if everyone else says he's pretty good, I feel like it would be stupid to not to put him on my list. Same thing with Aaron Jones. Like, I'm not big on Aaron Jones because, like, Devontae Adams is going to take a lot of targets. Um, but I guess people still think that the that the Packers have it going have it going on for them. I'm not sure if I really buy in on that, but um, I guess if if you want to tell me that, if you want to tell me that Aaron Jones is gonna, you know, go off, then sure. I mean, sorry, he's a running back. Sorry, Aaron Jones is the running back for the Packers. My bad. Uh, still, Aaron Jones as a running back, he's ranked ninth, so people do believe in him. He had a decent year last year, but. I don't know. I just feel like Green Bay is going to be more of a passing team. Uh, so I had him. I had him at twenty three. Sorry about that. I I wrote the wrong uh, position next to his name. This is what happens when you're an amateur podcaster. All right. So at twenty two, uh, we had uh, Antonio Gibson from the Washington Football Team. Don't know a ton about him either, but he's ranked pretty high on a lot of lists, and I think that the um, Washington Football Team will rely on. Uh, will rely on a running game a lot, um, considering that they're they're going to win with a solid running game and good defense. Uh, that they're going to win with possession. Um, they don't they don't have a ton of talent. Uh, they have Terry McLaurin, uh, who's a great receiver. I didn't put him on the list, but he's he is great. He is a great uh, great receiving pick. Um, so Washington football team has a lot of ways they can win games. Considering their defense is so good, but I think they're I think they're going to win, uh, with good running game and stout defense, and that's why I like Gibson at twenty two. Uh, twenty one I like Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. He's a receiver. Uh, no more Julio Jones anymore, so Matt Ryan will really rely on Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley uh is has really grown in the last like two or three seasons. One that, but really the last year or two. Um, is where I've seen seen a lot out of Calvin Ridley. So I like Calvin Ridley at 21. A.J. Brown, same thing. He exploded last year. He had a phenomenal season. Uh, like He's with the Titans. I think that even with Jones, <laughs> even with Julio Jones, who's made his way over to the Titans, uh, A.J. Brown will still see the, um, the, uh, the majority of the targets and he'll be a force to be reckoned with uh, down the field and he really uh, exposed a lot of defenses last year and speaking of exposing defenses at 19 I have Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously he's playing with Tom Brady he's playing with a loaded offense but he is still Mike Evans he is still an incredible target and Tom Brady loves him in the red zone uh, at 18, I have Pat Mahomes. He's the highest quarterback I have ranked. I think you're ridiculous if you don't have Pat Mahomes ranked in the top 20. I mean, Sporting News had him at 29. Some other people had him in the 30s. I think that's ridiculous. I think if you have Mahomes as your quarterback, you know, you're guaranteed 20-point games out of him unless he really stumbles, um, depending on how your scoring works. So 
it's it's foolish not to have, not to try and take Patrick Mahomes if he's available. The only thing I would caution with, with taking quarterback too early is that you might miss out on other high priced point positions like receivers and running backs, especially some elite running backs. Because as I said, you really do need an elite running back, um, and without without one, your fantasy team's in trouble. Uh, I did rank his teammate Clyde Edwards Hilaire ahead of him simply because I think. He's poised for a breakout season. I think the Chiefs realize that they're going to have to run the ball more this year. That was their Achilles heel was that they could not run the ball. They could not complement their uh, passing game with any sort of running game. And it really exposed them. They became one dimensional and teams like the Buccaneers who had elite pass rushes. uh, When you don't have a running game that can keep those, um, that can keep those uh, people in the front seven, uh, when when you can't keep them honest, they can really uh you know brutalize you in the in the pass rush. So I think having uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at seventeen is a good bet. Um you know for some cheap red zone points that you might get just simply because the Chiefs are going to score all the time. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson from the Vikings at sixteen. He's incredible. Uh, he was one of the best receivers last year. I think he's poised for another great season. Uh, only question mark with him. Is, uh, you know, can he stay on the field? Is is he going to have a sophomore slump? You know, but but those exist for all the young players, right? You Like I said, like I always say, you can't rely, you can't worry about injury. Um, but Justin Jefferson had a fantastic season last year. Sporting News only had him at 21. I'm putting him at 16 because he's just, he's just one of those players that, that you want on your team because he's going to get receptions. He's going to get yards. I don't know. What they'll do with touchdowns, because of course they've Dalvin Cook uh, for good red zone usage. But Justin Jefferson, you gotta have him on your team if you can take him. Uh, George Kittle at fifteen, he was injured a lot last year. Uh, I I was really high on him last year. I'm high on him again, uh, simply because the the 49ers are gonna try and have a balanced team. They're gonna really uh, try and use him because they didn't get a chance to last year, and they're going. They're going to really need to improve in the passing game if, if they're going to um, if they're going to uh, take over that division because they you know they don't they don't have San, Emmanuel Sanders anymore. Some of their other receivers are pretty young um, and unpolished. You know, I, they're still they're still talented. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think I think in the passing game they'll want to they'll want to use Kittle in different ways. I have Zeke Elliott at fourteen. Um, only reason I have him ranked so high is you still have to respect his raw talent. Uh, he has a hard time staying on the field. He has a hard time, you know, staying engaged. Um, but he just has so much raw talent that I had to put him up there. Not as high as others simply because he scares me a little bit. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. He's coming off an injury whole lost season. I would be. I have him at 13. He's a Giants running back. It would be foolish not to take Barkley if he's available Later in the first round, I know some people are going to have him in the top five. I don't blame you for doing that. But if he's available late in the first round, I would not take him in the first five picks um, because he's coming off an injury. And I'm going to contradict myself in a few minutes when I talk about another particular player who I have ranked number one overall who's coming off an injury. But I think with, with Saquon, he just scares me a little bit because... I don't trust what the Giants are doing. 
Again, I know I'm going to contradict myself in a few minutes, but I make exceptions for certain elite players. Uh, and some, some, I, you, you'd still be foolish not to take Barkley in the late in the first round if you're in like an eight or nine or ten person league, and you got like the eight, seventh or eighth overall pick. Uh, definitely take Saquon if he's available. Um, I have him at thirteen simply because I value a couple receivers higher than him. I'm not necessarily saying this is how you should draft, um, but in terms of where I where I where I like to go, I would not put Saquon in the same uh, echelon as what I would consider my top five running backs. I think he's sixth. Uh, some people have him at fourth, and that's okay. I have him at sixth. Twelfth, uh, I have DK Metcalf. The kid's a beast. Uh, Russ is going to really rely on him out there in Seattle. Um, there's not much else to say about him. He's going to get a lot of yards. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of yards after the catch. He's, you know, a great buy there. Stephon Diggs with Buffalo again. Josh Allen's going to rely a lot on him. He had a phenomenal season last year. I had him in one of my, one of my leagues. He helped me win the league title um, with 40 points in the final uh, week. Um, so, I really, for that reason, I really, I really like Stephon Diggs. But I also think that uh, the Bills the Bills are going to need um, need some r- production out of him, even with the addition of uh, Emmanuel Sanders. So so I trust I trust Stephon Diggs have another good year. Um, Devontae Adams, I have him at ten, and I contradicted myself earlier when I mis- uh, mistook um, Aaron Jones for Devontae Adams, uh, but. I think Devontae Adams, he's gonna he's gonna play well because he's playing for his career, right? Like he might not stick around in Green Bay after Aaron Rodgers leaves. He might not want to uh, be you know around for that for all that um, post Aaron Rodgers life. But I think he's playing for a contract elsewhere potentially. So I think he's gonna be hungry. So I like Devontae at ten. At nine, I like Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's probably, uh, that's probably, I would not take, um, I would not take Kelsey necessarily in the first round, unless you were trying to go with the strategy of robbing other people's tight ends. Uh, that's a great strategy to take, to have elite tight ends. I did that a couple years back. I had Gronk and Travis Kelsey. I think it was 2017. Um, and that was a great, that was a great decision, uh, because once you take, you know, two of the elite tight ends. Uh, you can really bankrupt other teams um, doing that way. Uh, and that's a way to draft. Um, but for that reason, I have him ranked pretty high, probably higher than most people uh, would have him ranked. Uh, some people would have him, you know, in the teens. Uh, but I'd take him at nine. At eight, I think uh, you, you you can take his teammate, Tyree Kill. Be pretty stupid not to take Tyree Kill. If uh, you had the opportunity to in like the second round, I'd say, or maybe the, the late in the uh, early in the third. Um, seven, I have De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, probably the best receiver in the league. Kyler Murray loves playing with him. He's really established himself in out there in Arizona. Uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of yards. Um We'll get a lot of receptions, and if you're playing in a PPR league, that's huge. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think DeAndre Hopkins is the way to go at seven. 
At six, I have Alvin Kamara. You'd be pretty stupid not to take Alvin Kamara in like the first round um, if you had the chance to. Um, and and I think I think he's just one of those players who's uh, really talented and has a ton of um, a ton of potential in the red zone, whether it be like catching a pass in the flat and scrambling in for a touchdown, uh, whether it's, you know, taking the ball uh, from the backfield uh, in a draw play at the goal line, you know, he could line up outside, you know, start catching passes. And I think Jameis will rely on him, right? Like Drew Brees isn't around anymore. They're really going to rely on Alvin Kamara. Uh, I did realize that I I skipped a player. Uh, I had my numbers out of order. Um, I skipped Noah Fant at uh, 31, and I accidentally had uh, had Joe Mixon at 32. I do like Noah Fant as a tight end. I think he's a huge sleeper, so definitely uh, take him if you can um, and if he's available. I had him on both my leagues last year, and he was a great fill-in for George Kittle when George Kittle got injured for me. But I think this year he could s- slot in as a low TE1 or a high TE2. Um, so that's why I had him down as uh, thirty at thirty one, uh, and I and everyone moved up one. So because of that, Nick Chubb is actually four, and I had him at I have him at four. So everyone that I've said is actually bumped up a number. So I did kind of mess that up a little bit, but you know the progression still stays the same, right? Like Alvin Kamara, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams. Like these are all the players that are in the upper echelon of fantasy drafts. Like those are the players that you want to take. So. I have Nick Chubb ranked pretty high. I have him at four. Some people have him at like, you know, six, seven, eight. Uh, five. Sporting News had him at five. I, t- I like him at four. I think uh, Nick Chubb is probably going uh, to carry the offense out there in Cleveland. Like, their receivers, they're not getting any younger. Baker, he's not necessarily a great, you know, He's not going to throw for 350 yards, right? So so every game. So that offense is really going to rely on the running game to set up their passing game. And that's why I like Nick Chubb. He's also, like, if you want good, cheap red zone points, uh, Nick Chubb's a great, um, a great pick. Uh, at three, I have Dalvin Cook uh, from the Vikings. I think you'd be pretty stupid not to take uh, Dalvin Cook in the first, like, three or four picks. Um I don't know if I don't know if he uh I think it was a couple of years ago he had an injury history he had some injury history I can't remember but he's one of the best running backs in the game the Vikings have great players on offense he's going to be a part of that system uh and so there's not much else I can say about Dalvin Cook other than take him two I have Derrick Henry I've had Derrick Henry probably three or four years in a row now and he's just gotten progressively better for me uh, last year, I had him in both my leagues. He was probably the main reason why I won both of my leagues last year because he was just an absolute beast. Um, problem is, you know, does he start to plateau? I don't know. What does his career trajectory look like? Um, but I, I I personally like Derrick Henry at two. Uh, and then at one, I have Christian McCaffrey, Right. From the from the Panthers, and I know a couple you know minutes ago I talked about Saquon and how he was coming off an injury and how it was kind of a risk to take him. I wasn't really sure what his team was going to look like or where he'd fit in. 
Um, but in the same token, as I say that, it is sort of safe to bet that, you know, some of these players where the best team is a running back, they might not win a lot of games. Like, I don't think the Giants or the Panthers are really going to be a factor at all. Like, if Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones scare you, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. But I can see why Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey would scare you. So for that reason, I think taking him number one overall is still a good bet. You know, if you want if you want someone who's going to be the focal point of the team. Like, I don't know if Derrick Henry will be the focal point of the team. He should be, but I don't know if they're smart enough to do that. Like, the Titans, they've got so many good players. You know, are they, is he going to get as many carries now that you have Julio Jones and um, A.J. Brown on the field? I don't know. Are they going to be a pass-first team? I don't know. Is Tannehill capable of, you know, running a fast per, uh, a pass-first team? So I think with McCaffrey, you're kind of like, okay, like, I know Sam Darnold kind of sucks. So as long as McCaffrey can stay on the field, he's going to get the ball a million times from scrimmage. So that's why in fantasy, he's a great pick. Um, so I'd take, I'd take him number one overall if I had the number one overall pick. Uh, you could probably talk me into taking Kamara, Henry, Cook, or Chubb. You know, I talk about that upper echelon of running backs, like the top five. You could pretty much throw a dartboard, uh, throw a dart at a dartboard. And if you hit on one of these guys, if you have a top five pick and you don't take, you know, either Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, or Christian McCaffrey, I don't know what to tell you. But that's that's what you got to do. When, when you have a high pick like that, you really got to go all in on, um, on, on your number one running back. You need a running back who can get you solid, consistent, reliable points um, that you know is going to start 16 weeks, right? Um, and who's going to get the ball. Because that's what it's really all about. It's all about those um, It's all about those number one running backs. Uh, you can have receivers until the cows come home, um, but, but running backs win fantasy championships. They do. And, and, and just one more thing that I like to do in my fantasy league is I like to take my kicker and my defense early, right? Like, I know we're done the rankings, but, I mean, what I like to do, I like to take a defense, I don't know, maybe like 60th overall, you know, maybe like 50th overall, and just take the best defense available. You know, is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the Buccaneers? Is it the Ravens? Is it the Pats? Like, I don't know who it is this year, but you can take... You can take one of those teams. It could be the Colts or the Steelers, too. You just take one of those defenses early, right? Because you don't want to get stuck. Like, if you're in an eight-person league, you don't want to get stuck with the eighth-best defense. You want to you take, like, let's say, let's, like, let's say you, you, like, really struck out on, you know, receivers. Like, do you want to just take some random-ass receiver, or do you want to go out there and, like, really go for it? You know, do you do you want to get stuck taking T. Higgins or DJ Clark or you know Chase Claypool or Mike Williams who's getting old or you know you want to take a risk on someone like Marquise Brown or Tyler Boyd or do you want to go out there and get a defense that you know is going to put up cheap points for you against bad opponents? Another strategy you can do with your defense is just take the team that's playing the worst team, you know, like just every week go try and find the people that are playing the Jets or the Jags or the, you know, the 
Panthers, but but that that it's not always a great decision. Um, I personally just like taking good defense. Like I know receivers, receivers are usually available on the waiver wire, right? Like there's always a receiver that emerges on the waiver wire every year, and so if you if you've got a pick in the 60s, 50s, 60s, go out there and take a good defense. Same with the kicker. You want a kicker that plays for a team that's just, you know it's going to score a lot of points. You don't want to get stuck taking, you know, I don't know, I don't know, like someone like Joey Sly or, uh, or you know, Daniel Carson just because someone told you that they're ranked pretty high. You don't want to go out there. You want to go get Harrison Butker. You want to get Justin Tucker. You want to get Will Lutz. You want to get Greg Zerline. You want to get a kicker who's going to play for a team that's going to score points and who's going to give them opportunities to score for you. So as much as we've been talking about running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, there are some other positions where you can find value in fantasy, and, and those are two of them. Uh, and, and I know we talked about Noah Fant as a sleeper. Just two other sleepers I want to mention. Kyle Pittman from the Colts. Uh, I, he could break out, uh, depending on what happens in Indianapolis with their quarterback situation, like, it's Carson Wentz stay on the field, I don't know, like, but nevertheless, like, if you can grab him later on, he could be, he could give you some pretty good value, and then also, let's see, load it up on receivers and running backs, you've got all the best receivers running backs, you've got a tight end that you believe in, but you realize late in the draft, like, you're like, oh shit, I don't have a quarterback, well, you could go out and you could get someone like Jalen Hurts, right? Like Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles, he has a huge ceiling if he can play. Uh, if he can play well, I believe they got Devonte Smith. They got some other young players. They have an aging Zach Ertz. They got Boston Scott. They they've got some talented players in the offense, and uh, I think. I think Hertz can give you some value similar to what you saw with, you know, Kyler Murray in year two. Maybe not as high as Kyler Murray, but he can give you some good dual threat value. He's coachable. He's a leader. They believe in him. They want him to be the starter. Um, they traded away their franchise quarterback to make him the starter. So he's going to play. He's going to play games for you. In fantasy, he's not going to be one of these quarterback projects. You know, like I've I've had friends in the past that. You know, they end up with these quarterback projects. And sometimes they work, like Justin Herbert. He was a quarterback project last year. He ended up being great. Uh, one of my friends had him. You know, Gardner Minshew a couple of years ago was actually an example of someone who probably wasn't a good quarterback project. He didn't really de- deliver for you. Um, so I think if you're going to take a quarterback late, 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 Hurts might still be available. So I, I would... I would say you you could probably find some value in him too. Um, maybe also in someone like uh, Justin Fields in that same regard. Like if they do end up getting uh, getting time on the field, they could be pretty reliable for you. All right, so that wraps up my fantasy football rankings. If I if I'm sure those of you who listen who really are engaged in fantasy football, like if you've stayed this whole time, you probably have some disagreements with me. Um, but if you haven't. That's okay. I, I, I don't resent you for that. <laughs> um, it, I'd love to hear if you agree, disagree, have any um, picks or sleepers of your own. Um, I, like I said last week, I usually like to keep my cards close to my chest when it comes to fantasy football. But it was hard not to do a fantasy football preview um, show this week. Uh, 
So I guess that leads us to our final segment, which is the daily cancellation. And it's really just a quick one. If you have ever gone to a grocery store and tried to do a self-checkout, all right? Like I know this is a massive subject change. If you've gone to a grocery store and you've tried to do a self-checkout and the thing just like doesn't understand how commerce works. Like it just, just, it, it just doesn't understand what you're doing. And, and there's really two instances that have really like pissed me off in the last two weeks. First one is today. Today, I'm at a Shaw's. And, you know, I go in, I scan my items like you do at any normal self-checkout ever. And, you know, when I get to the end, it starts yelling at me because I didn't put my items in the right spot. And I, and again, in Maine now, we have this stupid rule where, like, you have to pay for bags. And so, like, I don't usually, when I go to Shaw's, I don't put them in the bag because then you have to pay for the bag. I usually put them in, like, that little weighing area. But it didn't like me doing that today. It didn't want me to do that because I didn't buy a bag. And so it was like yelling at me every time. And and I realized that it was my error because I didn't say at the beginning that I didn't want a bag because I brought my own. But I, you shouldn't have to tell a computer your own habits. Like if it is really as smart as it knows, then you sh- it should know that you're not taking a bag. And so... Don't charge me for a bag and don't ask me if I want a bag and don't yell at me for not taking one. It's a, It really is stupid because these self-checkouts are designed to save grocery stores money and labor, right? Like they don't want someone just standing there spending, wasting time checking you out if you have like five items. So, you know, they're ma- basically making you do labor for them uh, to save them money while you're buying their product. But that being said, like it's supposed to be easy on you. And the fact that, like, they freak out at you over, like, oh, my God. It's like, you need help. You need help. We need to send an associate over because you, the little person, doesn't know how to use our computer system. All right, so that's the first reason why I loathe it. The second reason why I'm canceling self-checkouts is because it they don't know how money works. Like, they think that everyone just uses a credit card. And then they don't even, you have to tell it that you're using your debit or credit like 90 times before it figures out that you're using a debit or credit. All right. And then sometimes, you know, obviously it asks you if you want to use EBT, do you want to use debit? Do you want to use credit? Do you want to use a gift card? Do you want to use this? Do you want to use that? Do you want to use a voucher? Do you you want to use a coupon? It's like, how about I just, and then they redirect you over to the little pin pad. How about I just pay? You know, like, how about you know, how about I hit pay and then hit my option, and then plug in my card. I don't. I shouldn't have to pick 90 different options before we finally get to the screen where I can plug in my phone. Uh, sorry, plug in my card. And then when you do plug in your card, it asks you, do you want cash back? Do you want to donate to the children? All right? Which I don't mind, I don't mind giving to charity, but like how many times have you accidentally hit no when maybe you would have hit yes just because you're so used to hitting no on those buttons, right? Like stop asking me questions. Right, it's much easier to have a tip jar there, you know, nearly, you know, because people aren't just gonna. St- they're in the habit of hitting no, and then they're probably losing money in charity by doing this. So they they just make it so hard to pay, and then when you do pay with cash, you either have to put your, some places you have to put your coins in first. Other places it wants you to put your cash in first. Uh, some places, uh, it will read your cash, and then uh, as long as you don't exceed 
the value of your sale, you can put coins in uh, up until, you know, the value of your sale. Other places you have to, like Shaw's, you have to put the coins in first because once it exceeds, uh, once you start putting a bill in, it don't, won't let you put coins in again. So it's just a complete mess and they've overcomplicated what should be a very simple task. And actually, we're, got, we're probably heading toward the point where you don't even need self-checkout anymore. It will just charge your card when it knows your phone is in the building, which is kind of scary. But we're kind of heading toward that. Um, I, bet, I bet if you told people in the late 90s that, you know, you'd be scanning your own items at a grocery store, they would freak the hell out at you. So I have a feeling that we're not, we're not too far off uh, from something like that happening. Um, but until then, uh, the... The complicated self-checkouts are effectively canceled, and I will not be using them at Shaw's uh, any longer unless I know for a fact that it's going to take me longer to use a real checkout. Uh, so until then, self-checkouts at Walmart and Shaw's specifically, because those are actually one last rant here. My favorite thing about it all is places like Walmart and Target where they won't let you exit Unless you're exiting through the self-checkout. They've, they've like, uh, they've herded you like cattle. So that the little siren goes off at you if you leave without, you know, or if you enter the wrong way or leave the wrong way. Like, they don't want you to do that. You have to enter through the self-checkout. And they have to have the attendant, the all-knowing, omniscient attendant there watching every single move you make. Waiting. Just waiting for the little bell to go off to tell them that you, the little person who needs help, who's never done anything without help in their entire life, you, you need help from the, in, from the grocery store employee. Now, I love grocery store employees. There was a dude at one of the grocery stores I worked at. I practically would have, you know, would have had him on the show if I ever got a chance. But that is why I would much rather have a human cashier. I actually like cashiers. We can commute. We can communicate. Oh, do you want your meat pre-wrapped? Oh, do you want this in the same bag? Oh, do you want... Oh, did you bring your own bags? Oh, would you like to buy a bag? Oh, can I check your ID? Oh, do you want cash back? Oh, here's your receipt and a coupon. Oh, you forgot to give me a coupon? That's okay. Here's... You know, I'll run it through again. What You can't do that at a self-checkout because they need to know every single thing. They need to know, are you paying with debit? Are you going to take a bag? How many bags did you take? We're going to charge you for a bag. All of that, the complicated self-checkout is effectively canceled, and I'm doing it in the name of celebrating grocery store cashiers, because grocery store cashiers deal with a lot of BS throughout the day from people probably like you and me, and and their lives, their livelihoods, in some cases, depend on us supporting them in their jobs. So actually, there's a goodwill benefit to this all. If we all stop using self-checkout, the grocery stores, they're going to have to rely on people again. And I know it's hard to hire people these days, but it's the grocery store cashiers. We need to appreciate them. I used to go to a conference every year before COVID, and they said at the, there was a woman who always spoke at the, at, the, at the conference, and she always said, every year, didn't matter, she always said you have to appreciate the people that bag your groceries.
And because of that reason and the annoyances that I outlined later, the Walmart and Shaw's self-checkouts are effectively canceled. All right, so I hope you enjoyed today's show. It was a little bit longer than the prior two weeks. We're closing in on an hour here. I'm a little bit over on my time, uh, but I hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, um, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Home Field Advantage with Will Highland. That's where you can find us. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Home Field Pod and on Twitter at Sportland USA. Uh, please follow us on Instagram because starting Wednesday we'll have our tri-weekly show um, called The Morning Advantage where we'll be talking about the biggest stories in sports and that's coming this Wednesday. So I really hope you uh, follow us for that reason so you can start to tune into some of my other thoughts on a more timely basis uh, instead of just the long-form podcast uh, that we only do on the weekends. It'd be much appreciated. I definitely am grateful for all the support that we've had throughout the show this season. Season 3 has been our most listened to segment ever, and it's uh, certainly um, a testament to my great listeners and loyal followers. Um, But until next time, my name is Will Highland, and this was Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And if you want to make Home Field Advantage part of your weekly routine, check out our sister program, The Morning Advantage, with new episodes on Instagram TV every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, starting September 1st. Home Field Advantage and The Morning Advantage are presented by Sportland USA, and the opinions shared in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity. Home Field Advantage would also like to wish a special happy birthday to Sportland USA co-founder Kyle Artkop, who is turning 24 today. Go wish him a happy birthday by reading his article about the Tennessee Titans on our website. Sportland USA, he'd love to have you read part of his work, and we hope that he has a great 24th.